Hello and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I am Jacob Checkman and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit dedicated to helping young students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. All right, and finally today, I'm excited to be joined by our guest, Jessica Ridgway. Thank you so much for being here, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And Jessica is here to talk to us about her career as the Executive Director of Farm Discovery. Now, the first things I always want to start off with are, what does it mean to be, uh, in your case, Executive Director, and what is Farm Discovery? Right now, I'm a little bit more curious about what Farm Discovery is, because as I understand, this is something that you developed? Yes, with um, with the family that uh, runs live owns and runs Live Earth Farm, um, and Farm Discovery's mission is to empower youth and families to regenerate health. And we're focused on food and farming, nature, and community. And we really see all of those as very interconnected, um, and so we work in all of those areas. And we started the nonprofit in two thousand seven when a school came to us asking to provide um, an educational space um, one day a week on the farm. And we jumped in with two feet, the farmer first, and I luckily met him a couple weeks later, and I had just finished a degree in sustainable ag education. So I felt prepared to develop a curriculum. He had the farm space and the school was already coming. So we started right away and then um, in, winter of 2008 sent out an email to all the local teachers and principals and said we would like to offer a curriculum that's standards aligned and on the farm um, building practical skills around growing food and nutrition and environmental stewardship would you send your kids here and we got a huge response we had 800 kids come out to the farm that first year yeah and it's we've just built programs since then is this here around santa cruz we're in Watsonville. Yep. Oh, We're awesome. The Green Valley. Yep, off okay. of Green Valley Road. I, I, I'm extra excited. I love Santa Cruz County, but I'm from Watsonville. I'm in Watsonville right now. So it that's that's amazing. Um, as a Watsonville High alum, I, I, I guess I'm familiar that our, our area is pretty big in, in the farmer's industry, right? We have a huge agriculture industry right here. So are you are you from Santa Cruz County as well? How, how did you this was it this area that that got so lucky to have your your company here? I'm not both. Um, both the owners of the farm and I are transplants. Um, I grew up on the East Coast and I came out to California for college. Um, I always wanted to since I was five and visited my cousins in Long Beach. <laughs> and, uh, so I made that happen. And then I um, ended up going to graduate school back east um and then landing here when my husband got a teaching job in watsonville and so tell us more about your 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 time back east before coming out here um actually and before you even moved out here for college what did you when you were a kid did you think you know what i think i'm gonna be i'm gonna go into the farming industry when when i get older not at all i grew up in suburbia 
um, right outside of New York City. Oh, wow. <laughs> my um, experience of gardening was uh, gardening with my grandfather. He liked to grow roses, but he um, it was a very different type of gardening. Um, lots of Roundup and chemicals and all kinds of treatments um, on those roses. But it did give me a love for out being outdoors and tending to plants. Um, and I didn't land on uh, this career track. Even as an undergrad, I studied um, anthropology. But after that, um, I spent a year working really hard, um, five different jobs and saving all the money I could so that I could travel. This was um, after your undergrad in California? Yep. Which was yeah. at which university? I was at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Okay. And so, sorry, continue. After after your undergrad, you yeah, had... So after undergrad, jobs. saved a bunch of money and then traveled for about a year, starting in the South Pacific and around Southeast Asia and Australia and New Zealand. And it was during that time that I really um, started to see that humans all over the world, no matter how they grow up, um, have a couple things in common. and. Um, one of those things is a need for fresh water. Um, and the other thing is food. And even though that food can take so many different forms and it may feel that you need to be um, adventurous to try foods from some parts of the world, it's a really comes down to basic ingredients that keep our bodies healthy. And we all have that in common. So when coming after that trip, when I was looking into graduate programs, I really wanted to pursue something in food or water. I was, I was already an environmentalist that happened young. <laughs> um, I grew up at the time of uh, recycling starting and like my, everyone my age is the kids who taught their parents how to recycle. It was like, <laughs> the first, you know, those first bins were being passed out by the garbage companies. So that part I knew was part of it. And then uh, it was the food and the human element and the uh, clean water that really sparked my interest in, in connecting community and environment and social justice issues and all of those things together. So once you had had done your travels after your undergraduate studies and you realized that you really wanted to get into sustainable agriculture and you chose to follow that for your master's degree, when you first went into your master's program, did you did you face anything that was just not at all expected? Can you tell us what that graduate experience was like? So I... I kind of explored a lot of options for um, when I was in the phase of applying to graduate programs. I was interested in kind of a more of a science track for graduate school. Um, and most environmental environmental studies type programs are a, a science program, um, but I had a, a social science background. I um, really had to figure out where, you know, programs that would kind of accept what I had done as an undergrad and then still let me be in an environmental studies program. Uh, luckily got in touch with a friend from undergrad who was from Vermont and had just started a master's program at the University of Vermont. Um, he had done a, a biology undergrad and so he was well set to go into environmental science, but that program also was starting a new track to study um, environmental thought and culture. I apologize. There we go. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so the environmental thought and culture was perfect. It was a bunch of anthropologists and sociologists who were interested in environmental science 
Um, and so I ended up applying to that program because it was that culmination of both my background and where I was headed. And then because the program was so new, I got really lucky and was able to just kind of create the, the program I wanted. They, they were still building it. So as I figured out what I wanted to study and who would need to support me, what kind of experts I would need to learn from, kind of built my track for my master's degree. <laughs> yeah. Did you, the, the part, I guess I'll, uh, I have so many questions now. The, I want to go, I want to ask the, well, the part that I think you might've missed in some, some internet lag was when you, when you got to that grad program, uh, as you worked through it, did you face anything that was just totally unexpected? Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing was as, as I figured out exactly what I wanted to be studying, um, they really didn't have that set up already. And so I had to kind of find experts that would all kind of support what I was studying because they were in different departments. I ended up working with like a food policy person, um, an agroecologist, an environmental education, education expert, and a plant scientist. And so, you know, that because that a sustainable ag education track didn't exist yet, I kind of just had to search out the people who could bring the pieces of knowledge together that I needed. <laughs> yeah, of course. Now, how, how long between your, your master's program and the development of uh, farm discovery where you're at now? So yeah, so it was a two-year program and we moved here after that was done in about August of 2007. I started working at another farm right away. Um, I was still looking for more experience in farming. And then I hooked up with Live Earth Farm in uh, about October of 2007. So it was just a couple of months lag time. Wow. Wow. That's a very quick turnover. It was, did you kind of I suppose, expect that when you came out of your degree? Did you have a, a very clear path of, okay, this is what I need to do now? I did not know what uh, Santa Cruz had in store for me at all. I was lucky enough to be moving here with my husband who had a teaching job. We had some income, and so I had some time to figure out what my career would be. And I have in the past had to piece together lots of part-time jobs to make one full-time job or one 60-hour week or whatever. Um, so I just jumped in doing that. I worked on a, as I said, I worked on a farm and then I worked with a permaculture landscaper that I had worked with the summer before. Um, and I just started doing what I could to meet people and, and figure out how to become a sustainable ag educator. Luckily, one of my mentors, Ernesto Mendez, had come to the University of Vermont. I was on his hiring committee from the University of Santa Cruz. So he uh, had a bunch of people to introduce me to, and I quickly met people at Life Lab and the CASFIS program and other um, farming and education and outdoor ed organizations kind of right away. And then the connection to Live Earth Farm just happened through the farmer I was working with. She said, hey, I've never heard of Live Earth Farm. You should call them and see what's happening over there. And so I did. And it happened that they were trying to start an ed education program. Wow. Awesome. <laughs>
For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What To Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today I'm speaking with Jessica Ridgway and learning about her career journey to becoming the executive director of Farm Discovery. Okay, so now we're at the point where you you reached the introduction of the Live Earth Farm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that first interaction like? It sounds like you kind of knew what this what this group was. You knew what their goal was, and that they wanted to form uh, an educational program. So, what was that interaction like when you went in knowing that? Well, so the the uh, initial program was um, a, a Montessori middle school, and um, and so I did have a lot to learn, but I also had, you know, a farmer and a teacher who were very dedicated to building the program. So I kind of became a liaison between the needs of the educators and the needs of the farmer. I had to learn a lot about Montessori education. I didn't really know anything about that. So that was the learning curve for me. So we all brought our expertise together and developed something um, where we just had to kind of try things and see what worked with the students at first. We ended up putting the students, um, giving them four options of kind of tracks that they could take while they're on the farm and then they rotate through. So we divided them into smaller groups. Um, One group would work in the fields learning how to grow food. Um, Another group was learning how to run a farm stand and, and kind of manage purchasing and sales of produce. Um, and kind of post-harvest production. A third group was uh, tasked with making a nutritious lunch out of what was available on the farm. So they would, um, you know, get a list of what was going to be available and make menus around that and then cook for the rest of the group while they were here in the morning. And then the last group was um, an art group and they did all kinds of projects from video logs about the farm program to poetry and uh, nature-based art, kind of Goldsworthy style. And we had teachers from, from the school kind of helping lead all of those different groups. And then everybody gets to switch. So, um, so the kids get a seasonal experience at the farm, depending on what group they're in. Who I know this. You said this is in in Watsonville, but who are the who are the students coming in, and how do they how do they find out about your program? Yeah, well, this initial program is the is a partnership with Santa Cruz Montessori School. But the what we also offer is um, field trip programs, overnight farm immersions, summer camps, homeschool programs, drop in programs for families, and so. Every uh, different program has kind of a slightly different model. The field trips, we, um, like I said, I sent emails out to teachers and principals and and offered curriculum aligned um, field trips. And a lot of the initial field trips were um, like preschool programs that um, just saw a really natural fit for their students to be outside, learning outside. Um, and slowly over time, we built up a reputation and our curriculum and so that we can really reach kids of all ages. We work a little bit with Soquel High School's ag program. So we really get, uh, we have a, a college group that comes out every three years on a service learning trip. So we really work with all ages. And um, I just, I, I don't know always how people find us. So I try to keep a really uh, good website so that people can uh, find information about what we're offering and 
we do definitely do some marketing, especially when we have a new program being offered. And how did you, how did the curriculum get developed? Was that, was that your, your role specifically? Did you do that? Did you, how, how, yeah, how did that get put together? Cause it sounds like a, a incredible task. Broke up a little oh, bit, no. but what I okay. heard was, how did the curriculum get developed? Yeah, yeah, because it, it sounds it sounds like a, a very big task. And I'm wondering if, if you just did that on your own and how? how? The, the Montessori curriculum I did not do on my own. I had, um, you know, I had a, a couple teachers also working on it with me. The field trips, um, I had I had done a garden education, uh, I had started a garden and garden education program for my master's project. So I did start with a, you know, a year long curriculum that I had written for that. Um, so I had that. And then there's also tons of great resources out there. So I didn't recreate the wheel. I used a lot of garden activities that were already being done in other places and adapted them to work in our scenario. We also have um, goats and chickens on the farm. And so I, I did have to kind of come up with lessons to integrate the animals. A lot of that was developed for like school gardens. And so um, it did take some adapting to change it to fit on a, in a production farm. And that was always the biggest like resource that we had at Farm Discovery, unlike other garden education programs is it's on a production farm. We have a year round CSA and we do farmer's markets and we have a, a crew of about 30 people growing food for this community year round. So we really also try to tie in the um, making connections between the people working on the farm, growing the food and the students experience of, of farming. Yeah, and yes, I learned a lot about writing curriculum in school and then I learned a lot more applying it over time. And we definitely didn't build everything at once. It's, yeah. you know, we're 12 years old now. So it's been a 12 year process of building curriculum. I never imagined I would have so many questions about a curriculum and how it works, but I have more. Great. <laughs> the, as far as I understood a, a school curriculum, like if I think of being at an, Engl an English class in high school, and I know that my teacher has a, a list of topics that we have to cover based on what I understood was like a, a statewide standard, I suppose. But it, he, but here you've you've written the curriculum for your program, and it's supposed to also align with um, uh, uh, an accredited education by involving students from schools. So how how does that work? Because do you, do you see where my, my disconnect is coming? And this is just from my ignorance and understanding yeah. and not understanding curriculums. Yeah. Well, we did follow teachers' leads a little bit to try to develop curriculum that was would be useful to them. And we have the luxury of not being our own classroom. I mean, we we are an outdoor classroom, but we, we don't have to make sure that all of the students get to learn everything that they have to learn over the course of a year. We only have to take care of about three hours of that, right? Gotcha. When they're on a field trip. So what we do is we do a pretty, um, we basically try to take a, we use the next generation science standards and we try to, to address a whole standard in a lesson sequence that starts in the classroom, comes to the farm for the exploration part of it, and then goes back to the classroom for the follow-up work. And so we're hoping that we can, in that format, provide an entire science, basically a science unit for a teacher that addresses one of the standards that she has to address over the course of a school year, um, or maybe two. 
but yes, uh, and the standards are very complicated. So it's, uh, it is a complicated scenario and all of my, I, I'm so gracious to the teachers because they are the ones that really bear the heavy burden of, of addressing most of the curriculum and we get to come in and do the fun part. <laughs> For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Jessica Ridgway and learning about her career journey to becoming the executive director of Farm Discovery. Now, your break from education in between your undergraduate and graduate studies, can you talk to me more about what you learned during that time that made you because you said you in your undergrad you studied anthropology and right. and then you had then you went into the sciences and uh that's really difficult <laughs> so yeah. so what did you what did you learn during that that uh education or academic break i i think it's really challenging for students to know what they want to be after you know to go into college and get a degree that's going to set them up for what they want to be when they're 30. <laughs> so I think that what I figured out after undergrad, and I was really glad I'd studied something like anthropology because it it really just gave me the tools to learn how to write about and understand the world around me, which was applicable for anything. And what I learned afterwards was that with enough hard work, you can kind of get, you can still shift your path. You can still choose to go into the sciences. You know, you might end up back in school getting more uh, course credits or something. But also that there's a lot of people thinking um, very holistically about academics. And so you're not necessarily pigeonholed into the social sciences if you end, if you want to go into the hard sciences. There may be some more background information that you need to be successful, but um, but you you can get that. <laughs> you can access that. And willing to work hard, people will hire you to do jobs, you know, and you learn from those as well. I mean, I, I did a, one of the jobs I had when I had five jobs earning money so that I could live and then hopefully travel before grad school um, was for a solar panel company in the early, let's see, I guess it was early 2000s. Um, and so it was before everybody had solar panels on their houses and they were just trying to t sell people on the idea that appealed to me because it was an environmental kind of task. Um, it seemed like something good to do for the earth, but it put me in an office learning like office skills and learning sales skills. Um, and, and those became super valuable when I became, you know, running a nonprofit because I do a lot of fundraising and those sales skills are really applicable to the fundraising. So I think, you know, just, taking the opportunities that you have and making opportunities out of the situation that you're in, you never know how they'll become applicable later in life. So just getting the most out of the situation you're in at the moment. Showing initiative like you have. Yeah. Can you talk more about the the skills that you, you mentioned that are helpful right now? You're, you're a salesman for your, your, your company when you need to be. What other specific skills, hard or soft, do you think you have that someone someone else would need to have if they took your role tomorrow? 
uh, you know, as I'm running a small nonprofit, um, I don't have a bunch of experts on staff to, to default to. So um, I have to become an expert every time a situation comes up. Um, so there, you know, there's HR, understanding human resources, and accounting is another skill that I've been working on. Fundraising is a big one. Staff development and staff management, learning how to keep staff motivated and manage staff transitions and train staff on programs or new, new staff. And then we also have this whole farming element. We're growing food on a couple acres. We have, we're on a farm that grows 50 acres of fruits and vegetables, but we also manage our own spaces that are just used for the education programs. So there's those farming skills as well. And then the education piece. I'm sure there are others. Sure. <laughs> but I, like, Yeah, there, well, there's marketing. Marketing uh, is another big one. Yeah, learning, you know, social media and and um, learning how to get your message out and how to get the right message to the right people and all of that as well. Yeah, it sounds like you've you've got to be able to learn on the fly, like what you've been doing. Do you have? Is there anything that um, a mentor has has maybe said to you? Any 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 bit of philosophy that you've found yourself sticking with as you really went into your career? It's funny. I think of, um, sometimes I think of my work as like triaging, which is what healthcare workers do in a situation uh, like a pandemic maybe, but or, um, in an emergency um, where you're kind of always, there. there's so many balls in the air at all times. And so you're always kind of trying to uh, manage the things that need the most immediate attention and keep that big picture in mind at the same time. You know, you have to keep remembering where you're headed, but also get a million little tasks done along the way. And I think yoga and mindfulness have been really helpful with that. It gives me a, a way to step out of all of those little tasks that need to get done that might run through your head constantly. And it gives you the skills to kind of to, to breathe and acknowledge them and let them go for a minute which makes that big picture thinking more. I find often I have the radio on in the car when I'm driving NPR or something and I'll get totally sucked into a story. But if I turn the radio off and just sit in silence, all of the my, kind of my to-do list just kind of flows through me and feels less stressful because I know how I'm going to approach my day. So really, uh, you know, creating those moments of peace and silence so that you can hold all of the things that need to happen. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, Jessica, yeah. that's that's all we've got. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad we connected. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Jessica Ridgway, the Executive Director of Farm Discovery. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays, stream online at ksqd.org, or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you, and see you next time.